0: Welcome to the OME Talks Podcast. I'm your host, David Petro, and this is the last regular episode in this fourth season of the podcast. I say regular because we will still have another bonus episode about OME 2022, as well as another bonus episode from this season's recordings. And of course, we'll have more coding in the classroom. But before we get to that, let's get to this month's guest. This month we have Lisa Roster Thornton and Anne Privo who will be giving us a preview of, of their OME 2021 talk, Financial Literacy in Elementary Math: Lessons from the OME AFEMO project. And before we get started, just in case you weren't aware, the OME AFEMO project was a joint project spearheaded by the OME and our sister French mathematics organization AFEMO. Where many resources were put together not just for financial literacy, but for most of the new strands in our new 2020 curriculum. We'll talk about where to get those resources at the end of the podcast, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, let's hear from Lisa and Anne. Hello and welcome. I'm talking with Lisa rossiter Thornton and Anne Prevost. Lisa and Ann, how are you doing?
1: I'm well, thanks. This is Lisa. Uh, great to be here, David. Thanks for inviting us.
0: And I'm wondering if you two can tell us a little bit about yourselves.
1: Sure thing. I'll go first, And Is that okay? Yeah, <laughs> yes.
2: absolutely.
1: All right. So as, as David said, my name is Lisa Rossiter Thornton, and currently I am a K-12 mathematics coach for the Toronto District School Board. And uh, I certainly have had a passion for mathematics in different contexts for many years. So I, I'm really happy to be here. So thanks for having us.
2: Hi, I'm Anne Praville, an educator with the Durham District School Board. I've also been passionate about mathematics for years and enjoy being part of the conversation and learning into an equity-based mathematics and what that looks like and how we encourage educators to collaborate to ensure it happens.
0: All right. All right. And you were speakers at our last OAME 2021 conference. And I'm wondering, I always ask our guests uh, how they either first got involved with or heard of OAME.
2: Personally, uh, I was the financial literacy content strand lead for the OAME and AFEMO new math curriculum lesson writing projects for grades one to eight, but I've also been an attendee at the OAME conferences for years now and appreciate learning aside- alongside colleagues and contributing to forwarding our understanding of teaching math.
1: Yeah, and likewise, as Anne, I have attended many a pre- uh, conference, many an OME conference, and presented at uh, quite a few as well too. And uh, so Anne and I actually both worked as leads. Um, I was in a f- the financial literacy hybrid lead for the OMEI and the AFEMO new math curriculum. Financial literacy lesson writing projects for grades one to eight. And so that's how we met. And, um, but I have to say it's a fantastic association. And I've met so many like minded people in terms of really bringing the passion of math education alive in many different ways. And um, so it's always been a pleasure to be a part of of OMEI. I've learned so much as a professional myself and continue to do so um, as an attendee and a presenter and working on projects like the one we described.
0: And I should clarify, you know, this is the OAME project, but a-F-E-M-O, that is our French counterpart uh, in Ontario. So it's, it's good to have these two groups working together. And you too are doing our, uh, you're going to be doing our virtual uh, talk in a few weeks. And it is on financial literacy in elementary math. And this is this is coming out of the lessons you learned from the uh, OEME A-F-E-M-O project. Uh, I'm wondering if you'd tell us a little bit about what you're going to be talking to us about.
1: Well, I will say kind of a really neat thing about just to to, to pick up where you left off about the Omai in the A-F-E-M-O. Um, What's was really really fantastic about the new elementary mathematics curriculum is that they're both the same for the francophone boards and for the anglophone boards. So it was such a treat to be able to work with our partner, um, you know, with with that the way we work together um, in both languages. So it, it's sort of a little known tip that I like to share, that that our 2020 new elementary math curriculum is the same on both for the Anglophones and the Francophones uh, in our province. So I just wanted to pop that in there. But yes, of course, our workshop. So our workshop that's coming up, we are going to be taking a closer look at the new strand of financial literacy in the updated Ontario mathematics curriculum of 2020. And our focus really will be around the historical context of financial literacy. So, formally, uh, in the 2005 curriculum, it was not a part of the expectations that we did assess and evaluate. But now it is. People might have, our teachers and professionals and educators might have come across it as a scope and sequence. You know, earlier, I think if I, my dates in my mind stick, maybe earlier in sort of 20 you know 14 15 I'm not sure if to look 13 maybe uh, but but yeah this is really what we are now taking up in the new elementary mathematics curriculum. So it is really exciting and we're going to be addressing the key mathematical concepts uh, and understandings across primary junior and intermediate grades talking about what are the financial concepts literacy. you know that students really need to to understand and learn about and how do we really develop the students' financial literacy. So we're going to highlight the lessons and we're also, you know, we're going to have a fun and interactive presentation. So I'll throw it over to Anne if I've missed anything.
2: Uh, well, you gave a quite, quite a great start about what we're going to talk about. I think it's also important to talk about the equity portion of what we will be covering, uh, because that's really, as we were doing this work, Lisa and I bonded. I think you could agree, Lisa.
1: Absolutely. On many levels.
2: <laughs> yes, on so. many levels, but especially about the need for equity and observing and knowing and understanding one's own lens when approaching these lessons, teaching in general, financial literacy, and ensuring that our own positionality is, um, we are well aware of it, and what that impacts in our teaching. So in our workshop, we are going to be talking about financial literacy, as we've mentioned, but also financial systems that impact the way people live and have a choice to live. It's those systems that Are heavily structured on an understanding of economic systems and the and there lies the importance of taking up financial literacy tasks activities and discussions with a critical eye and it's that critical eye that we really hope to help attendees develop throughout our session
0: so i'm i'm wondering if you could elaborate for our listeners what you mean by you know if a financial system in the context of equity
1: So financial systems essentially are charter banks, trust and mortgage companies, the cooperative credit movements, insurance companies, you know, that sort of thing, security dealers. And so What we really wanted to point out is that there is this push and pull. So, of course, we want students to come away with an understanding of financial literacy for themselves. But we also wanted students to come away with an understanding of the greater context in how those financial, how they, how privilege and power offers opportunities for some and not for everyone and so that is was really what we were very conscious of and worked towards in the lessons that we worked with on the team um, and we wanted to take up this idea of like how do we challenge status quo uh, because not everybody has the same circumstances not all students will have the st- same circumstances but we wanted to make sure that that students, understood what they needed to know about, you know, main concepts in financial literacy, but then how to take that up in their daily lives and what that might mean in their communities as well. So, for example, this idea between, you know, what's the difference between a financial system and an economic system? Well, economic systems have to do with policy and politics. And so this you know, how do we empower students to be aware of that? And how do we empower them to be critically conscious citizens? And how do we empower them to really see that the way that their social identities are taken up when they interact with financial institutions, um, but then also to how policy, uh, economic policy, political policies are developed, particularly in Canada, um, that might advantage some and and not others.
0: So... Your talk is going to incorporate ideas from, you know, primary, junior and intermediate. Does that the way that you talk about those ideas vary when you're talking about or talking to different groups of students?
2: It's a great question. Absolutely, it does. The way we've introduced our podcast so far is the way we talked to educators, adults, about what they need to be aware of when selecting activities, lessons, conversation topics. Once you're addressing students, you have to frame it towards the age group to reflect their development. So what we are trying to help educators develop is that lens to which they look at what they will present in class. So, scenarios, extremely great way, to introduce concepts from grades one to eight. However, if those scenarios only represent one portion of the population, they are not equitable. Teachers must have the lens to recognize that what they introduce students to reflect the diversity of the students they teach. Lisa, I don't know if you want to add from there.
1: Yes, Anne, absolutely. In our presentation, we really set the stage to have a conversation about what we mean when we're speaking to equity in mathematics. We take it up in different ways. We take it up in contextualizing it, obviously, in the front matter of the 2020 Elementary Mathematics Curriculum. We draw pieces out of there that are we're intentionally highlighting to speak to ourselves as professionals about our responsibility in how we take up mathematics and what we need to be thinking about for all students, because, you know, education is a human right so one of the one of the things we speak to as well is culturally relevant responsive pedagogy in mathematics and really we're asking the question about how do students see themselves as mathematicians in their classroom and does it include their cultural funds of knowledge those are some guiding questions that we highlight in our presentation and and we do this because you know it's really important to emphasize co-constructing knowledge in our classrooms uh, as a pedagogical stance and some of the ways that this is created is through ensuring your classroom is culturally and and culturally relevant and responsive so that means you know we're having rich high quality instruction and tasks are founded in culturally or relevant responsive pedagogy and and also that you know in CRRP classrooms teachers are learn about their own identities and students learn about their own identities and pay attention to how those identities affect their teaching their ideas their biases and then teachers are also bringing that up with their students about students identities identifications or affiliations and build on students ideas questions and their interests and that's really you know if we really think about mathematics this is problem solving is at the heart of mathematics and Taking up ideas in math are really around thinking about math and experiencing that, but our identities really come to the way we think. So, in you know, it returns us to an understanding that in mathematics, spaces use CRPP or CRRP rather, sorry, um, and students are engaged in shaping their learning and they have a sense of mathematical agencies and they feel invested in the outcome as well. But we're weaving in narratives. Uh, of our of of our students but of our our history as canadians too and one example we speak to is you know in primary years we're focused on money concepts for this part of the curriculum, so we take a look at the story of Yola Desmond and um, how she arrived on the ten dollar note and what we see on the ten dollar bill as well. so and on both sides, and I think it's really, really highlights you know how we what we value in society, what we should value, what we should consider um, and how how Financial literacy and even just studying the money or Canadian money tells a story as well.
0: Listening to you, I feel like I'm very naive in, in what I think about in terms of financial literacy, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, oh, uh, you know, how you know how are we going to incorporate, you know, calculating interest? I'm thinking of the mechanical stuff, and and you're talking about now such much bigger, bigger concepts, and I, I think that's exactly a way that. Our math curriculum has changed as being very mechanical orientated to having a much more, a much more, I want to say, well, it's culturally responsive, <laughs> for, for lack of a better, but why, not, why make a, a different term? But I mean, it, it, it tells us that mathematics is more than just calculations.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, this has been the hot debate, right? The procedural fluency versus conceptual understanding versus, you know, and and they all really go hand in hand. And so I think when we just even think about any puzzle or problem that we're going to solve, it has a context. Uh, And so I don't know, I might pass this over to Anne because, you know, we had a great debate about this one. But going back to this idea of interest, right? So in the later grades, we get into lessons about that. So I don't know if, Anne, you wanted to highlight some of those lessons.
2: Yes, absolutely. But before highlighting those lessons, I'd like to go, uh, David, back to something that you said about it seems that it's not only about the calculations, but also about the greater context, While writing and supporting writers in the lesson writing process, that's something that Lisa and I came back to discuss many, many times. When we think of financial literacy as a general group of educators, we tend to focus on what will be, what What's the math? What are we doing? What are we adding or subtracting? What operations will be done? But there's way more to financial literacy than just the calculations. There's the understanding of the concepts and how the concepts impact each other and ourselves. And so that's where with many expectations, if you look at them carefully, they actually don't ask for any calculations to be done. And this took me actually by surprise, especially in the junior grades where students are really asked to understand concepts rather than calculate in many, uh, many cases in, in many of the expectations. In terms of the uh, lessons that uh, Lisa was describing with interest rates, it's not till the very later grades that uh, students are actually asked to start uh, calculating interest rates and it's with the use of a calculator, they are never actually asked to use the complete formula to calculate uh, compounded interest. And that again is something that surprised many educators. Uh, so it's important to take a careful look at what the goal of the expectation actually is. By using a calculator to calculate uh, interest rates that leaves so much room for students to better understand the impact on themselves and the, the community of using interest and the difference between simple and compound interest. Uh, It also gave uh, space to use scenarios and to sort of do a role play of what interest rates look like and how they impact society. Lisa, is that sort of getting to what you were referring to?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Anne. Well, it was wonderful. You gave some really rich examples too. And uh, while I was Listening to you, it made me think of the the lesson. Which one would you buy, and why? Um, and and I was I had I've recently done this lesson in a grade five class, and it was so fascinating to hear students' ideas about. there's an image you'll see in the lessons. And I think we we had eggs as an example of sort of like uh, something that you could buy and considerations and leaving it open and ended enough because then students would say something like, you know, I would only buy this amount of eggs because of for these reasons, these reasons, you know, having just a couple of people over. And we put conditions around it like You know, the eggs are going to expire at a certain date or what have you. So, we started to get this whole in this particular class I was teaching in, we got this range of ideas. And so much so that we started talking about, well, what if I bought, what if we had chickens? And then we started talking about how, yeah, you know, we've, there's, the bylaws in at least where I'm in living in Toronto, there, you can have chickens in your backyard kind of thing. And so we talked about that. And we talked about how, you know, we want to, we want to maybe cook all the eggs, or we're going to use them in cakes, or we're going to have a party. And in the actual question, we did have particular numbers, and we were intentional about putting friendlier numbers in the image of of what the lesson shows. But you could easily change those numbers out, and you could easily bring them back to parts of strand A, or strand B rather, numbers, and look closely at the relationships of numbers. So I guess to your point, Anne, about bigger ideas, there's also, what's beautiful about this new curriculum is that there's this cross strand, these cross strand connections. So whereas maybe in the past we would really isolate numbers and just look at you know, only addition and only seeing numbers in an abstract form, now numbers are totally in a context and they give a completely different entry point for students. And I think that's also what we're gonna be taking up in our presentation as well. Um, so it's actually really exciting to be able to now really see the whole picture of how students problem solves, how they use math processes And how they get into contexts that are familiar to them and then sometimes contexts that are not familiar to them and navigating that. So it brings out all of these other parts of your social dynamics in your class that are really interesting for students and engaging for students as well.
0: So I'm curious, you know, having worked on all those financial literacy resources for the, the project, how... Did your thinking of the financial literacy curriculum change, or did it uh, at the very beginning of the project versus when you were done?
1: That's a great question. I would say, I'll just start off with one this one comment. What I loved about the process, and this holds true for our, per, our profession as as teachers, as colleagues, is that continual engagement with each other to evolve ideas and evolve best practices. So, Whereas when you first look at the curriculum, you kind of just have like a, an immediate of like, oh, okay, I will do this and this and this. But then working with others, then things come to life in so many different ways. Uh, so that's where I'll start with that question. I might have some other thoughts in a minute. But Anne, what do you think?
2: I'd have to say that I'm very grateful to have had the opportunity because I recognize that my personal lens as an educator uh, evolved throughout the project as I was reading lessons, as we were working together, as we were questioning each other to ensure that our lessons represented the context, the front matter of the curriculum and the goals of the curriculum, I recognized that my approach also changed. And I think that's important to note that we didn't start this work knowing what the end product would necessarily be. We had an idea but we weren't exactly sure what would be most important into getting there. We knew the expectations had to be addressed. We knew, you know, a general lesson format. We knew assessment types and all that stuff that applies to all of teaching. But we really got to have a better understanding of financial literacy. And like you, David, I have to say that at the beginning, I myself for the intermediate grades was like, I hope I understand, you know, compound interest enough to support the creation of a lesson on it. But by the end of it, that wasn't even a question because of the approach and the collaboration that we were able to do to get to the final product.
1: Yeah, I would agree.
0: So um, for the workshop in a couple of weeks, I'm wondering if you could give me an idea of like, what kind of general takeaways do you think uh, the participants are going to come away with?
2: I got this one, Lisa, if you want. Go for it. Participants will leave with a couple of resources, like reference to resources that have helped develop a better understanding. So we go over courageous conversations and we go over this book is anti-racist to ensure that teachers feel comfortable and have more information on how to have conversations with their students revolving equity and financial literacy. They will leave with a better understanding of the lessons that were written during the project and they will leave with uh, a variety of other resources that they can make reference to in creating their own lessons if they choose to uh, create more than what's already been created. The hope is also that they're, they've are they had a chance to re-examine how they themselves approach financial literacy. And we hope that there's a shift in their mind based on what they hear and participate in. Is that, uh, Lisa, about right?
1: Yes, that's totally right. And I would say, too, with this, with taking up equity, just to keep in mind that we create, give you all the resources and opportunities, but remember that you're never, there's no need to ever feel too comfortable only because it's tough work and, and in part of doing the work, you have to be uncomfortable um, to some extent. So I just wanted to put that out there that um, that was our journey too. And we're still, it's still unfolding for us to really how to to consider uh, financial literacy from a critically conscious way as well. Um, but yeah, the lessons we will go through them and we'll we'll take up ideas and, and build a conversation and answer questions. And we're really proud of, of, of these lessons. And our colleagues, we all worked really, really hard to, to do them and it's all free. I mean, this is a whole amazing thing, like three-part math lessons with already digital resources embedded that you can use right away. And in a plan that's outlined really well of how to lead the lesson with guiding questions, all that stuff that's what we'll be highlighting as well too so uh, and done by other educators like it's such a cool thing to to have a resource that's it's you know from your colleagues across Ontario so
2: we also hope that you leave with your questions answered so we always give uh, time at the end for any questions anyone might have and try to provide answers wherever possible
0: Okay. So that sounds like it is going to be a PAC session. And it, I'm glad that we're highlighting some of the, the resources coming out of that the, uh, the project. And we look forward to hearing from you on May, or not May, on uh, March uh, 9th at our uh, virtual uh, webinar. So thanks for coming out and talking with us today.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, David.
2: Thank you. See you soon.
0: And we'll see you in March. That was Lisa Roster Thornton and Ann Prevost giving us a preview of their March 9th OME webinar, Financial Literacy in Elementary Math Lessons from the OME AFEMO Project. This webinar is free for OME members and they can register at our MCAS registration site. The link can be found in the description. Also, in the description is a link to the OME AFEMO support website for the 2020 Elementary Math Curriculum you'll find lessons, webinars, and more for much of the new curriculum from grade one to eight. Well, that does it for our regular season of OME Talks. Next season, we'll be back featuring previews of webinars that will be coming out of the upcoming OME 2022 virtual conference in May. So stay tuned for that in September, and also stay tuned for some of our bonus content in the coming weeks, as well as new episodes of Cody in the Classroom. So lots to look forward to, But in the meantime, stay safe.